Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Mahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. The reason we have revival service so that you can come and just forget about the program, about your job, and just press into God together and be charged again by the power of the Holy Spirit to be changed from glory to glory. I love revival service because I can get charged. In fact, the things of God always have more. The Bible says that Jesus Christ has the Spirit without measure. The Bible says that Elisha has the double portion of the anointing of the Spirit of Elijah. So the Bible tries to say that, in fact, there's more, more anointing, thicker glory, more love, more faith. The things of God, anything about heaven is unlimited. So if you think you have arrived, you think you have enough, you have a big misunderstanding because we can press in more so that we can be changed more and we can have more anointing, more faith, more love, more revelation, and we become more and more like Christ. And that's why this kind of service is for hungry people, people who want to change. Amen? If you're not hungry, we're not going to be here. We'd rather kick our feet up and watch Terminator in the movie theater. Just come out yesterday. So we just go to movie theater and watch Terminator. But we are here to terminate the demonic power. Tonight, the Terminator is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to terminate the demonic power. Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In the past 11 years, I have been pressing into the things of God. And the fire of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit have changed me so much. And the more you practice the presence of God, the more you practice being in the glory, the more you practice yielding, the easier you can stir him up inside you. The easier you can just be filled again, even on the street. Easier to just hook up to him. You don't need five sermons to be hooked up to God or sing five songs before you can hook up to God. But only in a second, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit again because you practice the presence of God every day. Amen? So that is our goal. We want to walk like Paul. We want to walk like King David. We want to walk like Jesus Christ himself, that he is always filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are in the era of the Spirit of the living God. We cannot know Jesus without the Spirit. And we cannot know the Father without Jesus. In order to get to Jesus, we need to know the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit work on the inside of us. How many people believe that we are not living in the world economy? How many people are the servant of God in this room? Raise your hand up. How many people serve God? Let me ask you this question. If you serve God, who is your employer? Who gives you the paycheck? Not human. God gives you the paycheck. Is that right? So as you serve God, God is going to give you the paycheck. So you need to wake up every day and have faith 
that the provision from your employer in heaven, his name is Jehovah Jireh, gonna give you enough to do all the good things. Don't let fear, don't let worry to come in in this recession. I believe that God can open the door for you. You know, you tap into the things of God by faith. If you begin to fear and doubt, you cannot receive anything from God. God already has blessed you by the work of the cross. So you need to tap in by faith, by trusting God that He is the good God, the good Father. He's going to take care of His children and He will take care of His employees. Amen. We are His servant and we serve Him. We have assignment to do. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The teaching tonight is a little bit more teaching than preaching. Tonight, I would like to talk about occult. Occult. This is something that we as Christians, even in America, need to learn and understand and know how to come out from occult know how to be set free from the power of darkness, how to help other people to be set free from the power of Satan. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much, Lord, for showing us in the Word. Give us the understanding and insight. We open our eyes to see what the heaven wants to teach us. We open our ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say. We open our heart to receive the bread of God, the bread of life, your word. Lord, we thank you so much for teaching us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to encourage all of you, if you want to learn about demonology, you need to get the CD series on demonology. And this is in that series, this teaching in that series. And I have not finished yet. I still have many, many sermons to go. But this is one of them. In order to learn how to cast out demons or how to be set free from demons, one of the subjects we need to understand is the subject of occult. Whether you know it or not, or whether you see it or not, in the world, there are two sources of power, two sources only. And as Christians, we don't deal only with computers, with scientific things, with iPhone, iPod, or any scientific thing. But we need to learn how to deal with the spiritual realm. As Christians, we need to train how to recognize and how to protect ourselves from the things in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, there are only two sources of power. Number one, God. And number two, Satan. If you don't seek help from God, and you seek help from other sources, spiritual powerful sources from other gods, you unknowingly or may knowingly or automatically put yourself under the hand of Satan. So as Christians, we seek the power only from God Jehovah, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in order to obtain, in order to walk in that power from heaven, there is only one door that we can get in to receive that power, and that door named Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. 
and even if one enters by me, he will be saved. Jesus said, "I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me." So, if anybody perform miracles, signs, and wonder not in the name of Jesus and never honor Jesus, you have to be careful. Only by the name of Jesus that you can tap into the power of heaven. But the person, the person who brings the power to be manifested on earth is the Holy Spirit. If you seek power from other sources or other spirits, you are tapping into the power of Satan, and you will be slave to Satan. That is about occult. Occult. Mean powerful influence, a supernatural influence from Satan. Unfortunately, many Christians tap into those kind of power because they never learn about occult, and many non-believers try to seek power. In fact, I can teach this lesson quite well because when I was a young man, I was seeking power from other sources except Jesus Christ all the days of my life since I was. Maybe six years old to the day I accepted Christ, I have experience of power from darkness for many many years when I was growing up. So we need to we need to go to Jesus and only the Holy Spirit who will bring us to Jesus and to receive the power from God. The Bible says clearly that if we seek the power from other gods or from the source that come from Satan, demonic power, it will bring. Curses to the third and fourth generation. That's why many of you who are Christians, who are in this room or listening to the sermon, you may notice that something blocking you. You cannot worship God very well. Your spiritual life is not progressing as it should be. Maybe in the meeting, the presence of God is there, and you want to reach up to God. You want to really kind of just plug in, but something is blocking you from. Following God, you cannot wake up on Sunday morning. You feel like something is blocking. Every time you read the Bible, you fall asleep. Maybe because your grandfather, your father, has worshipped idols or had involved in occult, some forms of occult, and that curse follow you to your generation, the third and fourth generation. So tonight we're gonna learn about. Accounts, and we want to get rid of those curses and set you free. If you have the background of worship idols or involvement with the account, in the Old Testament, the Bible say clearly, "You shall not permit a sorceress to live. Whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death." God say in the Old Testament, "Don't get involved in sorcery." Deuteronomy chapter eighteen. Again, say when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium. Or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord your God drive them out 
from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. The Bible says clearly that we should not get involved in occult. So before I show the scripture in the New Testament and wrap up with praying for people who have been involved with the occult and set the captive free tonight, I'd like to give you definition of each English word that involves the occult, that is in some form of occult. Occult or supernatural influence from Satan come into the world in many, many different forms. And some of them are mixed in one setting. Maybe you go to a place and you try to seek supernatural power in that place. And many forms can be practiced in that one place at the same time. But we want to understand the definition and understand how Satan used his demon to work on earth to give power to mankind that eventually you become his slave and you will not go to heaven and lose your life in hell. One word that we need to understand in the paper is divination. Divination means fortune-telling or revelation about something. Another word called clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is the way to imitate the vision of God. When the Holy Spirit gives you the vision, you see something in the spirit realm. But that is from the Holy Spirit. But clairvoyance means supernatural power from Satan to see objects or events that cannot be perceived by the natural senses. Maybe you go to somebody and that person can sit down and begin to call the spirit and you will see something. Maybe you want to find your lost earring and you go to that medium and that medium say, I see that earring under the table at your house. So that power from Satan can give the vision or the picture to the person who seek the power from hell. Another word that we need to understand is horoscopes. Horoscopes mean the diagram of the position of the stars at a given moment. We're talking about a moment, such as the moment of your birth, the moment that you get married. When I was growing up, this is a normal practice in Thailand. When I was born, my parents will look at my day of birth, time, we call observing of time. And out of that time, the minute, everything, they will look into the book and compare to the position of the star at that time and give prediction what's going to happen to you at this age. When I marry Pasadar, the first thing that my relatives say, let's look into what is the best day that you can get married so you can get the blessing. That is horoscope. Looking for the time, looking for doing something specific at the time, which maybe you want to open a business. In Thailand, we practice this on a regular basis. If you want to open a salon, for example, you will go to a witch doctor. And the witch doctor will look at your day of birth, your background, and then they calculate when you should open that salon and give you the time to do it. That is horoscope. Another word that we see with occult is astrologer or astrology. 
Astrology is a study of the position and aspect of the celestial bodies with a view to predicting their influence on human affairs. People study the star in order to predict what happened to the country, happened to the family, happening to a person. I remember when I was young, there was a big field in the mid part of Bangkok. And a lot of people will go to that field. In that field, there are many, many trees, big trees with the shade. Under that tree, under that shade, there's so many table and chair that people will go to find fortune teller and people who practice astrologer and horoscope. And they will sit there and ask questions from looking at the star, looking at the time, reading the palm, or uh, look into the card. You know, you, you flip the card and see who you're going to marry to. What is the size of your spouse? How he look like? How she look like? When are I going to get married? How many kids are I going to have? You may not see, obviously, here under the tree in America, but you can go into the website and you can find those astrologers and horoscope, people who predict your life. Another word that we need to understand is a medium. A medium is a person who can call a family spirit. What is a family spirit? A family spirit are demons who follow a family from generation to generation. And this spirit will understand what's going on in a family. He received the fact of your life by following a family and Satan will control this demon. I remember when I was a young man, I practiced this all the time. I went to a house, a very small house, and then a woman about 17 years old, she would sit down like this, and she began to chant with a lot of words, and suddenly a spirit came upon her. And the thing that this spirit is a Hindu god with eight arms and four faces. So when this spirit come in to her, she would jump, in this position, she sit with her legs crossed like this. And the spirit come upon her in that position. She can jump from one part of the house to another part of the house supernaturally. And she called herself the name of that God. And people will come in and worship her, give her stuff, and ask for power, to, for protection, from knife, from gunshot wound, for, for numbers, for lotteries, so whatever. Or maybe even ask the spirit in her to destroy somebody because they get mad at somebody. Or maybe ask for, uh, asking for a woman to like the man or something like that. So ask for supernatural help from this demon, a medium. And when I went to that place for a long time, eventually I was able to do it myself. By around 17 years old, I can sit in a room of the idols in my dad's house. I was sitting there, look at one idol, and I began to call the spirit out of that idol, and the spirit came upon me. My voice started to change, and I was speaking in other language, and speaking prediction of things that I don't even know, because that spirit is a family spirit. So you talk about spiritual world, I know very well. People in America never see something like this. It's real. Demons are so real. And the Holy Spirit is real as well. Thank God. 28 years ago, he set me free from this thing. Amen. Now I can hit him back because I know them. I know how to take care of them, how to get rid of them, 
Amen. So we heard the word medium. We have another word necromancy. Necromancy means consulting the dead. That you go to a dead body and then talk to that dead and ask not the spirit of the dead person, but it's a demon around there who know that person and give you some information or some truth about something. Another word is charmer. Charmer are those who use charms. What are the charms that we talk about? Oh, we see a lot in Thailand. Charms are items or objects worn for magical benefit or casting a spell on somebody. I give you example. When I was a young man, I have necklace filled with charms, many of them, and each of them is very expensive. You have to go buy from somewhere. This charm was produced in a spiritual setting. They produce a lot of them, and they, the person who bring the spirit in will spell, maybe use water, or maybe meditate something on those charms, and you go to buy it and put on your neck for protection, that no one can kill you, no accident, for wisdom, for favor from demon, something where you go anywhere, you wear that charm all the time. I remember I have a big necklace and I put it in my bedroom. When I go out the house, I put it back on again. I go out with that on those charms. Or you put the spell on some other people. When I was young, there was a small bottle like this. And they used a special wood to carve into a picture of a baby. And they put spell, put demon into there. And you put that bottle with oil and with that carved image in your bedroom for protection. But what happened? Sometimes this demon will come and pull your leg at night time, shake your bed, and show up in the bedroom and try to torture you. Those are demons. You are seeking protection and power from demons, from charms. Enchanter. What is enchanter? One who uses incantations. Enchant means to cast spell over in order to attract or to bewitch, to control. This thing happened a lot in the upcountry in Thailand. I'll give you an example. Maybe a man with affluence in the upcountry in Thailand like a girl and cannot get that girl to like him. So he will go to a witch doctor and the witch doctor will do some kind of ceremony, ritual ceremony, and give an object for that man to put in her clothes or her house, and that power will pull her to like him so that he can marry her. This is enchanter. Incantations mean ritual recitation of verbal charms or spell to produce magic effect. Two more words that you need to understand. Resort. Wizard is a male witch, and witch is female. A wizard doesn't mean somebody with long hair, long beard, with long hat, black clothes, and riding on a bloom. Wizard or witch are those who practice control by using demonic power. So in conclusion, people who play with occult will be dealing with three areas. Occults have three areas. Number one, divination. Number two, witchcraft. And number three, sorcery. 
each one present in a different way. But sometimes, as I say, it overlaps. When you go to somebody who has the power from Satan, they can practice overlaps all these three areas in one man. I give you example: divination. What does it mean? Divination operates by revelation, by prediction. If you go to a person who has a spirit or demon of divination, that spirit will give you what happened in the past in your life. That family spirit tell you what happened to you, make you very impressed. Oh wow! You know the name of my dad. You know that I was born in that city. Wow! You may go and ask for what you lost. Where is it? My lost ring. Where is it? Who is the murderer in this case? Find out who committed the crime. Or prediction about future. Maybe you walk in to see these people, or maybe you internet and find somebody and ask that person, "What's going to happen to me next year?" And that person will use demonic power to curse you, saying. You're gonna get into car accident, and you have a car wreck, and you may die. If you believe it, you put yourself in the destination that Satan tell you. That's why don't even seek fortune telling, because it's all from Satan. Or maybe he will tell you that you're gonna get divorced and marry another husband. And if you believe, you end up that way. You divorce your husband and get another husband. So you have to be careful. Don't play with this thing. Fortune telling or divination is not a joke. It's serious, because when you get involved in it, you put your life into the hand of Satan, and you will be controlled by Satan. Amen. Those who play with fortune telling are like those who walk to a lion and say to the lion, "Could you please your mouth? I'm gonna cut your teeth." The same thing. What the lion gonna do? Kill you. If you play with fortune telling, the devil gonna kill you, eventually. Some of you may be involved in fortune telling in the past. Tonight, we're gonna ask you to confess your sin, and set you free from that curse, and get the demon out of you. Amen. The second kind of occult is witchcraft. Witchcraft operates. By spells, casting the spell over somebody, casting curses over somebody, or hypnosis. Have you ever seen movie that a witch come up with a picture, a doll, and put needle into that doll and claim the name of the person upon the doll and say and curse that that person would die in an accident? Witchcraft is controlling, controlling somebody, kill somebody. Doing something by using the power from darkness. Don't get involved in witchcraft. The third one, sorcery. Sorcery operates by charms, music, dancing, or drugs. They can give you some drugs to take, and you get under the control by demon, or put the charm upon you, give you some item that you can wear. Be careful, whatever you wear around your neck. I don't keep all those things in my house anymore. I used to have a lot of those things in my house. I get rid all of them. I burn all of them up. I don't keep them anymore. Be careful if somebody come from Asia and give you something look very nice, look like um, uh, antique. 
from a temple somewhere around, maybe in Cambodia or Thailand, and say, oh, this is a nice thing. Why don't you just put it in your house and wear around your neck? If you're not sure, don't put it in your house because that might be a charm that the spell has been put on to that item and you keep it in your house and you seek trouble because it will start to come and attack your children, attack your health, attack your home. So we need to be careful not put yourself in the satanic yoke. Amen? Whatever you have in your life that is related to these three areas, witchcraft, divination, maybe fortune-telling book in your house, maybe some idols in your house or charm in your house, I recommend you burn all of them and get rid of all of them. Look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 11. Let's look at the example in the New Testament. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. So this man, Simon, practiced sorcery. He used charm, he used spell, and he performed miracles by the power of Satan. The whole city was so astonished and respected him to whom they all gave heed, they listened to him. From the least to the greatest, even the governor of the city listened to him, saying that this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Simon was a sorcerer. And then Philip went into that town, cast out demons, preached Christ, preached the gospel, perform miracle, and Simon saw that Peter and the apostle came from Jerusalem and lay hand on people, and the Holy Spirit fell on people in Samaria. This Simon sorcerer saw the power of God. He should have repented. He heard the gospel from Philip. He saw the power of the Holy Spirit performed by Peter and Philip, but the man did not repent. People who has gone very deep in occult, has difficulty coming out from it. Unless that person totally desperate, that per person totally repent and really turn away and renounce the power of darkness completely, like what happened to me. I renounced the power of demon many years ago when I got saved, 100%. I turned away from it, desperately, 100%. Look at verse 18 to 24. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hand, the Holy Spirit was given. So when you come to this church and you saw me lay hand on people, the Holy Spirit come upon people, is in the Bible. The apostle used the laying on of hand to impart the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's biblical. Amen. It's not Dr. Lao idea. It's not New Hope International culture. This is biblical way of imparting the Holy Spirit. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perished with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore. You see the word repent. You need to turn around of this your wickedness and pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. 
For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, "Look at how this guy say, 'Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me.'" So, in other words, the man did not repent. The man pushed the responsibility upon the apostle. You pray for me. I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do. The key of deliverance, the key of being set free from satanic power, is that we ourselves get desperate and go to God. You cannot ask other people. Say, could you pray for me? I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do. I don't care. No, you need to repent yourself, and you turn to God yourself, and you desperately. Go after God yourself, Amen. It's your responsibility. Christianity is co-worker with God. We co-labor with God. God will do His part. We work out our salvation. We do our part by repenting and seeking God. This man tried to push responsibility to the apostle. We cannot do that. We need to get desperate for ourselves. Don't ask your pastor. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. But you don't do anything. You don't try to study the Bible. You don't pray yourself. You don't repent. You don't stop speaking negative things about your life. You need to do something in yourself before you ask people to pray for you. Amen. Pastor pray is not a magic. <laughs> Some people think, oh, pastor will pray and magic gonna happen. Something good gonna happen to me. No, you have to do your part. You need to repent. You need to get desperate yourself. Look at Acts chapter 13, verses 6 to 12. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul, sought to hear the word of God. This proconsul really wanted to hear about Jesus, but Elymas, the sorcerer, for his name is translated. Withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. You notice that when you serve God, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so you can discern the things in the spirit realm. Otherwise, you're gonna just look at the physical thing, natural thing all the time. You need to learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can sense the things in the spirit realm, and say, "O oh, fool of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil!" You notice that Paul called this sorcerer the servant of Satan. You are the son of the devil. You enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you. You shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Can you imagine if you walk into a city, maybe you go to Cambodia, walk into a village. And a sorcerer come to you, a witch come to you, and you say, "In the name of Jesus, you become blind right now." The whole city believe in Jesus, because they see that the power of Jesus is greater than the power of Satan. That's why I cannot just preach Christian living. 
be a good boy, be a good son of God, be a, a good Christian, go to church. I need to educate you how to walk in the power, how to deal with demons. That is the last thing the devil wants me to teach in this church. Because he knows that if God's people are equipped to deal with this issue, they're going to have a hard time in your house, hard time in your workplace, hard time in the city that you go to, because you know how to deal with demonic power. Amen? As Christians, we need to be trained like a soldier of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, and know how to deal with demonic power. Amen? This is my job, is to train you. In Acts chapter 16, 16 to 23, now it happened. Uh, you notice one thing in Acts chapter 13 a while ago, that occult or satanic power has a job to push people out of the gospel, stay away from Jesus Christ. They will do everything to stop the move of God or the Holy Spirit. Now it happened in Acts chapter 16, 16 to 23. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Now you see, fortune telling is not science. It's a spirit. is demonic. A spirit of divination met us who brought her master much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. And, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, you notice that Paul did not talk to the girl. Paul talked to the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Paul knew how to deal with the spirit, with the evil spirit. This spirit of divination must be right in their prediction quite a lot. That's why the boss make a lot of money. When you come to this fortune teller, they will be to tell what's going to happen to you. They, they study about your life. Demons know about your life, about your past, about your future too. They can curse you and put you into that direction that they want you to go. So it looked like, it looked like their prediction is right because they curse you and you, believe, you, you accept it. So they make a lot of money. But you see that they are not from God, not from the Holy Spirit. Be careful if you think that you have the gift of prophecy. You don't go around. <laughs> I will not practice this in this church. For example, I stand here and somebody come to me, Pastor, can you prophesy on me who are going to marry to? That is spirit of divination. The spirit of prophecy Deal only with the kingdom of God. Not giving you something like that, like who you're going to marry to, which house you're going to buy. You have to be very careful if you practice those kind of things in the church. You are inviting or welcoming the spirit of divination. I don't do this in this church because I want only the Holy Spirit working in the church. Amen? Look at another scripture in the New Testament. I give you a lot of example here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. How many people know that Galatians are the Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue? The early church Christians, all of them speak in tongue because they were in the early church. Look at this. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eye Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? The question is, 
can a spirit-filled Christian be affected by occult or by demon? Yes. The church in Galatia was bewitched. The word bewitched means controlled by occult spirit or power of Satan. They receive something wrong. They have heresies, witchcraft. They practice observing time and day and month, which is horoscope. Galatians chapter 4, verses 9-11, Paul said that, oh, I spend a lot of time with you, but it seems like I waste my time because you believe in the devil more than the Bible. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. Is that horoscope? That horoscope. I am afraid for you, lest I have labor for you in vain. I totally understand Apostle Paul. Sometimes you labor and labor for some people. You teach, you visit them, you train them. And out of the blue, a few years later, they start to go into the wrong direction. They start to listen to demonic teaching and they go the wrong way. Your heart is broken. I spent so many years and hours trying to train them, but instead of listening to their spiritual father who teach the Bible, they listen to other people who bring in demonic teaching, who bring in occult and satanic practices into the church and into their life. Very sad. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 but evil men and the New King James Version say imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The word imposter in King James Version is seducer. But if you look at the Greek language, it's goes. The word goes means wizard. So if I want to read it another way, I say, but evil men and wizard will grow worse and worse in your church and deceiving and being deceived. So be careful, even in the local church, there will be some people, spirit-filled Christians speaking in tongue are not exempt from being deceived. That's why we need accountability and stay in the local church that you can receive correction. Once you say, I cannot be corrected by anybody, you are in trouble. I have people who can correct me. I have groups of pastor friends. That when I face something that I'm not sure, I will call this friend. Actually, this Sunday, this coming Sunday afternoon, I invited the ex-dean of Seattle Bible School to come to teach in the Thai service. I translate English into Thai for him. The issue of salvation, grace, and save, always save or not. He's going to show us all the Bible so that the doctrine in the church will be correct. He knows the Bible very well. So this subject, I'm not expert. I need to ask somebody who really godly show life for years and years of being a good Christian, very faithful to the Bible, faithful to the Holy Spirit. You can submit to those people and they can correct you. Amen. You have to put people around you that can correct you. Otherwise, you're going to be deceived and you will deceive other people one day. We have to be careful in the local church. Amen. The Bible Talk about the word go as 
go is the that word can translate wizard or magicians. In fact, even in the time of Moses, Pharaoh has wizard in his palace. Do you remember that Moses and Aaron went into the palace of Pharaoh, and Moses produced a snake from a rod. Then the magicians produce snake from the rod too. So they have supernatural power too. This wizard, these magicians. The difference is that the snake of Moses ate up, swallow up the snake of the magicians. Then Aaron lifted up a rod and st- struck the waters and make the water into blood. Then the magicians also did the same thing. Struck the water and make the water into blood, so they had power too. Then Moses called frogs into the household, into the houses of the Egyptians. The magicians did the same thing. But come to one thing: when Moses turned the dust into lice, the magicians tried to do that, but could not. Look at what the Bible says. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, "Listen carefully." This is the finger of God, but Pharaoh's heart grew hard. He did not heed them, just as the Lord has said. The power of God is always greater than the power of demon. Amen. Demon can do so many things, but God is greater. So you're on the winning side. So don't have to be afraid of demon. I believe that in the end time, there will be greater and greater. Manifestation of the warfare between the spirit of God and the spirits of demon, and this warfare will not be in a natural plane; it will be in the supernatural plane. Perform signs and wonders. You already see some already in the world, some signs and wonder in the world. As Christian, if we are not educated and we don't know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We may be deceived by demons, or we may not know how to handle them when they come into town, or come into our family, or come into our church. We need to learn all these things to be able to handle the supernatural power of demon, and we have much greater power in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a conclusion now. If you want to be set free from demons of occult, witchcraft, divination. And sorcerer, you need to do a few things tonight so that you can be set free. First thing, you need to check yourself, check your own family, your father, grandfather, great grandfather. Any one of you or any one of them in your family has been involved in heresies, false teaching, in satanic supernatural practice such as Ouija board. How many people play Ouija board before? You know Ouija board. You play, okay? I too. I did when I was young, a lot. Almost every Friday, I would play with my brother. 
How many people don't know the word Ouija board? What does it mean? How many people don't understand? Okay. Maybe you you never seen it. In Ouija board, you cut a big piece of cardboard, and you make many chan many um, blocks. You draw the line, make many blocks, and you write alphabet. If in English you will write A B C D E F G all the way through. If it's in Thai, you will write something else in Thai. And then you get a cup and put on, and you put your your two person put the finger on the cup and begin to chant and pray to the spirit. There are words to chant. You follow that formula, and at the end of the chanting, the cup start to move. And it really moved. Okay, it's not. It's not. You move it. It moved, and you begin to ask, "What can happen tomorrow?" And they will spell the word for you. Like that. Just keep moving and spell by going to A, B, C, or like this, and tell you what's going on. So that is demon trying to tell you what's going on. If you have been involved in fortune telling, drugs, mediums, meditation. Yoga. Some of you say, "Why yoga? Yoga is just exercise." No, yoga is not exercise. The root of yoga is from the Eastern religion. The way they do yoga is to build up their spiritual strength. The word yoga means connection. The original meaning of yoga means you connect yourself to gods. So doing yoga is against what God wants us to do. You unknowingly get involved in occult because the way you do it is you connect to the false gods of the Eastern religion, reincarnation, astrology, horoscope, hypnosis, reading palm, anything like this or occult. If you have practiced this in the past or your parents did it. You may have a dark cloud on your life. You may have something in your life that block you from progressing in the kingdom of God. You need to be set free. You need to confess your sin tonight and ask God for forgiveness. So the first thing, find out: Are you were you involved in those things before you became a Christian? Did your parents involved in those things, worshiping idols, or have the charm in the neck? In the earring or something, or have switch or fortune telling or something like that. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 139, verses 21 to 22, "Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? I hate them who hate you, and do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. Oh, I call them my enemies." So the second principle, in order to be set free, not only that you admit that you did those things and you're going to repent. The second thing is that you need to count power of darkness and count as your big enemy. God cannot deliver you from your friends. Remember this: if you still love pornography, God cannot set you free. I'm very concerned about this kind of teaching. God is so gracious. You can do whatever you want. God still loves you. You still go to heaven. That kind of teaching worry me, because it means no repentance anymore, no holiness, no purity. 
you kind of slap on God's face and say, you can do whatever you want. God doesn't care. No, God cares. You need to hate your enemy. You need to hate sin. You need to hate the devil. You need to hate demons. You need to hate any practice that involves demons and sin in order for God to set you free. Amen? So you need to hate those things and renounce it and reject it and say, get out of my life right now. I don't want to get involved with you anymore. Don't fool around with demons. Don't try to play church. Come, look nice, but go home still doing something bad. Don't play church. Don't fool around. You know why? You cannot fool around God. You cannot fool around the, de- the devil. He knows what you're doing. You can fool around the pastor, but you cannot fool around. You cannot lie to God and lie to the devil. He knows exactly what you do at home. You know exactly what you're involved with. The third thing, not only to confess, agree, renounce, hate those things, the third thing, Look at Acts chapter 19, 17 to 20. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Fear fell on them all. So what happened at that time? A group of exorcists tried to exorcise demons by the name of Jesus. But because they were not Christians filled with the Holy Spirit, demons jumped into them. So this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. You see, Christianity is about repentance, confessing, getting right with God, not playing game with sin. It's not about whatever you can do, God still loves you anyway. Yes, God loves you, but God's not going to tolerate that for a long time. One day you're going to see curse come into your life and to your children. So we have to really take serious about confessing and repenting. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The third thing you need to do, not only repent, not only Renounce, you need to break every contact with Satan. When I was a non-Christian, I have big, big box of charms and idols. Altogether, might be about 100,000 baht. Very expensive. When I moved to Chantaburi and became a Christian, follow a missionary from Baptist church, the Lord spoke to me, you cannot keep those. I was a new believer. I handed the whole box to this missionary. He burned them all. I don't care about money. Don't even sell it for money. That is what we call fooling God. Don't even give to other people. You say, oh, no, maybe we just give to other people. I don't want it. No, burn them up. Disconnect yourself from those books and idols and items and charms. Everything, just burn them up. Get rid of them. 100%. 100%. Don't keep them in your house. You may need to have a house cleaning job. Go back home, look at all the books, look at all the things that maybe you should not keep. Amen? So the Bible says we need to disconnect ourselves from those things. Don't even sell them. Make a decision to commit to God 100%. Make a decision 
to renounce those demons 100%. Turn around 100% to God and God will set you free. Amen. Let me ask this question. How many in this room have been involved in occult before? You know your parents have been involved in occult. Raise your hand up. You have been involved. Even fortune telling one time in your life. To get into some kind of, you know, fortune telling is occult too. <laughs> okay. So you are the candidate to be set free tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray to cover you first. And after that, I'm going to lead you to pray to confess your sin. And we will pray on you, lay hand on you with the file of God to kick all the demonic power out of your life that maybe control you right now or buy you or keep you in their control some way, somehow. You need to be set free. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 